So right now, we are now officially promoting this. Not the iPad, what's on the iPad. Our Christmas service is Friday the 23rd. That's Christmas Eve Eve. Not Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve Eve. Friday the 23rd of December, 7 p.m., right here. That's when we're doing our Christmas service. Ben, you have a question. Yeah, yeah, on fire, baby. Well played, well played. So Friday the 23rd, see, Ben can get it. That means all of you can too. Come along, bring your family, bring your friends, bring your pets, you know, whatever you need to do. Bring your... (laughs) What's, what? That's not quite what I meant. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, so, um, you know, we will be worshipping. There'll be Christmas treats. Um, there could even be, you know, a guy in a red suit that uh, we may have booked in to make an appearance um, who could come bearing gifts just as a little clue, a little hint. Um, so, Grant, you know, that'll be exciting for you, won't it? Yeah, I know. That'll be awesome. I'm pretty excited about that too. We'll be excited together. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we are just going to celebrate Christmas. We're going to worship together. We're going to have a whole lot of fun. It's going to be really good. Um, if you haven't been around us a while, we don't have a service on Christmas Day. Um, you may question our salvation as a result of that. Um, that's okay. We can live with that. Um, but yeah, we celebrate a couple of days before as we can. And then Christmas Day, you know, you're free to enjoy your families and eat and drink and be merry and and eat, eat some more and be merry some more. Um, all of the stuff of January, the reason why we're saying this now is this is actually our last service for the year of this kind on a Sunday afternoon. Hang on. So, woohoo? Oh, no. Oh, yeah, okay. That's what I was, that's what I was trying to get a feel for. January. <laughs> Same iPad, different picture. Look at that. Um, you should have one of these for your fridge. They were put out, they were, there was a magnet, they were put out on the seats a couple of weeks ago. Um, it's also up on our Facebook page and it's also on this iPad. So if you want to come and take this iPad, I'm sure Deb won't mind. Um, or take a photo of this iPad <laughs> even. Um, so um, during January, it's, it's summertime, we like to get together, we like to have fun. So January the 8th, we'll be at the House of Moffat. We love the Moffats. Kiara was here a moment ago, wasn't she? She's doing kids. Oh, isn't she awesome? Yes, she is. Yes, absolutely. Uh, the 15th will be at the Ferris's house. Who are they? That's, that's our place. Oh, we better clean up then. Um, 22nd is at the Mansfields. And then January 29th, we will be back here again um, worshipping our big and little hearts out and um, kicking the year off with an almighty bang. Um, yes, thank you, Josh, appropriate. Um, we are looking at, there's a, there's a whole lot of details for 2023 that we are still settling on, but uh, the month of February at this point will most likely be a bit of a more month where we really just intensify worshipping uh, worshiping together um, and just setting up the foundations of the year with some serious, like, let's get into the presence of God and see some cool stuff happen. Fasting, which will help you not only get into God, but perhaps lose some of the Christmas kilos. 
Um, not that we're doing it for that reason. Dieting and fasting are two very different things. Um, but I have found that February thing very handy. Um, <laughs> food poisoning is pretty handy too. But anyway, so um, what's that? Yeah, yeah. But I actually have eaten prawns since then. I ha- I'm back on the horse. Yeah, I've eaten two. It was a bit of a risk, but I thought, no, prawns are too good to not, um, to not do this. Not the same batch, no. No, no. I had a funny feeling about... Anyway, we won't go into all of that. We, we shall move on. Um, we, we will never, ever apologise for just blowing up the schedule and the plan and just worshipping because um, he is always and always will be number one priority in this house. Um, thank you, Viv. Where, where Viv was here. Viv's been raptured. Oh, no, she's right behind Eli. There we go. Thank you for taking us there. Love that. That is, that is very, very cool. Um, so how many of you have had some kind of breakthrough, some kind of deliverance, healing, breakthrough of some sort in 2022? There's been, there's been a few of you, yeah. Um, in just a moment, I'm just going to kind of warn you. In just a moment, I may ask a few of you to just come up and give a testimony of that, or Deb can run around. Um, we're not streaming today, so we can run around. It doesn't matter whether they, they can see us or not because they can't see us anyway. Um, this year, has, I don't know if you've noticed, but this year has been weird to the power of about 26. Um, yeah, we began the year with a whole lot of amazing plans to get together. We were going on a family camp. And then it flooded for about the fourth. Was that the fourth flood? That was the third, because then it flooded again a couple of weeks after. So the place where we were going to be having the family camp was under about three or four metres of water, wasn't it? I'm looking at Katie because, you know, she flew in there on a helicopter um, just to have a look, didn't you? Oh, the house you were staying in wasn't, but the rest of the, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, we had all sorts of, yeah, we had some men's things, which we eventually did get to happen. We had all of these things that we were going to do. And if it wasn't COVID, it was floods, fire, like the whole lot. It's just been crazy bizarre. And then even as we're coming out and we're kind of getting back together and we haven't got restrictions, just about every week, there's a batch of people that are down with something. Um, and, you know, this is happening in workplaces everywhere. This is happening in churches everywhere. It's just been one of those years where it feels like it's been really hard to get momentum and to just get some sense of, all right, we're moving forward together. We're taking ground because we're all together and we think that's great. And then we're not for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And we are praying that 2023 will be something different. But I don't know if you've noticed, but in the last couple of months, we've actually had more deliverances and healings than we've had in the last few years combined. That was a delayed reaction. That was was quite a delayed reaction. Like we have had more healings, deliverances, break and significant breakthroughs than we have seen in the last few years combined. And that's worth celebrating. So if you're one of those that's had some kind of breakthrough get just, and you're willing to give a testimony like right now with zero preparation, the legendary Deb has a microphone. Who's first? Who, who wants to? And, and this can be any, this could be a healing, could be a deliverance. It could be a relationship thing. It could be all sorts of things. What? Go. Who? Tim. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Kesby. Hello. Hello. Um, yeah. 
I, I had like a sinus infection for about a month and like had, like if I tilted my head in a funny way or was working on something, like I would just get this liquid run out. And um, it was about a month ago I came and it was before the service and I, I walked into the bathroom and like no, nothing had, had gotten rid of this thing. And uh, like I walked into the bathroom and blew my nose and the most massive thing came out. This and, is my kind of story. But I guess, <laughs> yeah, like no, I wasn't prayed for or anything in regard to it, but like I walked into this place and, mm. and, it, and, and that happened. And yeah, it cleared, cleared, it cleared whatever it was. And that was the end of it? That was the end of it. Come on. Yeah. I've got to say, that is better out than in, right? <laughs> that is, so we have prayed for years that people would just walk into the car park and get healed. And just like, they don't have to wait to come in. They just walk into the premises and stuff starts to happen. Okay, what's happening over here? Who else? Who else? Who else had their hand up? Don't make me come and get you. Anyone? We had like about five people put up. Go, Kate. Kate, Kate's got a weird one, she says. Um, so when the tribe was here, round two, um, I had like very loud deliverance, um, which had not really happened for me in a public place before. Yeah. I still don't exactly know what was going on there. But I know there was like, th th like that night, there was a lot of fear of man stuff being dealt yeah. with at church. Um, and I just sitting here going, well, you know, I've had those experiences, but I don't know what, exactly what it was. But I guess the fact that I like screamed louder than I've probably ever screamed in my life into a bowl, which seemed to amplify the noise, <laughs> um, has like broken off some fear of man because now I'm like, well, I've done that. What else could I like? <laughs> <laughs> That is very cool. That is very cool. I want to talk to that because there was, there was a lot of that fear, intimidation stuff that was being ministered to that night um, and there was a whole lot of breakthrough and that's very cool. And while you're there, you've got a promotion, right? Yes. Yay, that's very cool. We like promotions. We like upgrades. Kelly. Mine's not really a weird one, but um, our little doggy um, had sudden onset blindness about a month ago, three weeks a month ago, and he's had a lot of prayer. He's had two surgeries to reattach his retinas. And he's definitely seeing something. In his left eye, he's definitely seeing something. In his right eye, it's just a healing in process that we're believing for. Yeah. Um, he's jumping upstairs. He's jumping up onto the furniture. He's still bumping into things, but we're believing for that. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the, like, if it matters to you, it matters to God. And I know this really mattered to you guys, um, yeah, for, for a whole lot of reasons. But yeah, poor little Jamie was completely blind and now he's getting unblind, which is really, really cool. Megs? Yes, Dan. Hi. Um, also, when the tribe was here, I was a bit loud too, but um, I got delivered of a spirit of grief right down the front here, which I didn't even know was a thing. And I think I've actually carried it since I was 17 when my sister passed away. And there's been ongoing grief in my world through different things. And probably my mum passing away probably epitomised 
a lot of that, but I just, I kind of accepted the heaviness and the, the sinking feeling, the constant sinking feeling as normal because I hadn't really known anything different until that moment when I think it was Liz said spirit of grief to go and everything I was feeling just cut in half in that moment and all the triggers that normally trigger me at home because that's where my mum was and everything, they're just not triggers anymore and that stabbing intensity has just lifted off and there is normal sadness now where before it was just absolutely gut-wrenching all the time and so I can't even tell you the lightness that I feel every day now it's just phenomenal that is very cool Amazing. don't step on the chips <laughs> Um, when the tribe were here, I was walking out there while we were all having dinner um, and I walked out into the door and then I walked back in and the ring really picked up and it like slammed really tight shut on my finger and it immediately started swelling and I had about three people from the tribe pray for me and within an hour and a half it was getting better and I could handshake people. With yeah, come on. I was God, definitely, because it was coming up quite a shiner. Um, I mean, one of my favourite healing stories, which I shared many times, is obviously Neroli's healing of mm. just chronic long-term uh, headaches. I, I can't remember the name of the person, but we recently saw someone who had a locked shoulder and they're able to just swing their arm everywhere. So that was pretty cool. Um, Narrowly posted on Facebook this week as well that yeah she's completely pain free and so many of her friends didn't quite know what to do with that they're like oh congratulations <laughs> they didn't quite know how to respond to this testimony of I'm completely pain free did you do you want to do it into the mic so we can get it on the recording so start again just so we can get it on the record last night Narrowly's street party was on so to the neighbours they went and she got to tell her neighbours. And sure enough, she gets to the exciting part about being healed and a child comes along and she sort of said, no, wait, because she wanted to finish her story. Mm. It happened three times that it was, there was an interruption and she wouldn't move, she held on to the person and finished her story. Come on. That is cool. And I'm imagining her whole street isn't Christians, right? Yeah, so this is, I'm, she's telling her God healing story to a whole bunch of non-Christians and even when the kids are coming to try and interrupt, she's holding her ground. That's very cool. So there's just been so many layers to that healing that is so unbelievably cool. And there's been some mental illness, which I've seen healed, and some depression that's really lifted off people. So like, I've just seen the level of deliverance mm. go up big time, and I know we're just, we're just beginning. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I know if Michael was here, he'd tell you about his back, he'd tell you about breakthrough with anxiety and all sorts of stuff breaking through with work. Um, there's, you know, there's, just, there's been so much that has happened in the last three to four months, it is crazy. And yet the warfare that, I mean, I don't know, the warfare I've been experiencing the last four months has been at a level I haven't experienced in years. So something is going down. 
Um, and I do believe we are on the verge. I mean, that's, that's good. Like, if we have that kind of stuff happening this regularly, like, that's it. That's the goal, right? You know, um, if James was here, he'd tell you about breakthroughs with addictions. Um, that, you know, in a moment, something he struggled, stuff that he struggled with with his whole life, in a moment, gone. And not only it's gone, the temptation for it all is gone as well. Like, that's really cool stuff. Like, this is the stuff that we live for. This is Isaiah 61 right here in action being played out in front of our face. Is anyone else excited about that? Okay, don't overdo it. Just, you know, with the expression of that. Um, but this is really cool. Like this is, we've been praying for this kind of stuff for years. And um, what I want to encourage us with is, and this is two times ago, I didn't kind of get to what I, what I wanted to do then because God kind of took us in a different direction. And then last time, my stomach took a different direction. Um, and so I wasn't here. And um, so, and I'm going to, I've got to keep this short because we, we're going to come into land very, very shortly. But I want to read from uh, Luke chapter 11 again. And this is where we started, where I started and we kind of got sidetracked a couple of times ago. And this is where, um, why don't I just read it? This is Luke chapter 11 and verses 14 for a few verses. Um, and it says, so, and Jesus was casting out a demon and it was mute. And so, um, so it was when the demon had gone out, the mute spoke and the multitudes marveled. Um, so I don't know if you remember, for those of you who were here a couple of times ago, here we have a demon that is masquerading as something physical. And so... Megan's testimony of a spirit of grief, like grief is a real thing and is a real process, but there is also such a thing as a spirit of grief that gets on that and makes grief so disabling that you can barely function and puts a heaviness around it that is not the normal grieving process. Um, likewise, yeah, we've seen with a number of the healings that have happened, it was actually a spirit of affliction showing up as a pain in the body that when we rebuke the demon, the pain leaves. And so here we have the, the, the similar thing. It was a mute spirit. And, um, you know, in our day, we would think, okay, well, we need to give them speech therapy. They'll probably get a diagnosis. Um, all of these things would happen. And in some way, we would find a way to naturally explain it. But in this case, and that doesn't mean that stuff doesn't happen, but in this case, it was actually a demon that had shut their mouth. And one of the things that we, we felt on the day that I read this was that corporately there had been this mute spirit sit over us that was related to the whole fear and intimidation thing. It's related to um, just all of the stuff around COVID and, um, you know, the putting the thing over the mouth and being unable to speak, all of that kind of stuff. It, it, it felt like there is this mute thing that I want to pray into sometime very shortly. But... Um, then it's then um, following on again in Luke chapter 11. Um, others testing him sought from him a sign from heaven, which is kind of funny. Like he's just healed a mute person and they're asking for a sign from heaven. It's like, what, 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 was, what, what did I just give you? Um, and then he said, well, by, by demons, you're casting them out. And so on he goes, and then he has that conversation. And coming down to verse 24, this is the bit where I, would, I just want to kind of encourage us with for a moment. 
It says, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finding none. He says, I will return to the house from which I came. And when he comes, he he finds it swept clean and put in order. Then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. So here is what he's saying. Somebody experiences a breakthrough. They get this deliverance. And if they don't fill up the space, the demons go floating around going, yeah, it's not so good. I don't like the weather out here. I'm going to go back from whence I came. And because the place is vacant, they come back and they bring seven of their friends and they set up house and have a party of the worst kind. Now, that's, a, that's an illustration of someone individually. If you look at Matthew's version, which is in Matthew chapter 12, at the end of that, it says, yeah, he goes and takes on spirit, seven spirits more wicked and they dwell there. The last state is worse than the first. Jesus then says, so also will it be with this wicked generation. So he takes an individual illustration, teaching about something that can happen to a person, but then he applied it to an entire generation. I'll come back to that one in a sec. What is really, really important, because breakthrough is on the increase, it's really important that we know that when we get a breakthrough, that we don't just stop there. The work isn't finished once we get a breakthrough. I'll say that again. The work isn't finished once we get a breakthrough. Thanks, Eli. Appreciate the support there. Because... There is a need to fill the space. There is a need to occupy the conquered territory. In other words, so fear and intimidation was a big deal that, that, was, that the tribe, that particularly Maria ministered into on the Saturday night, I think it was. It was the Sunday, was it? It was one of the two. I had a 50-50 chance. <laughs> um, now, it's one thing to get free of that thing. The way that the, often, the, the enemy often works is not like sometimes there's a counterattack straight away, straight away the next day. Other times, over a course of weeks, we start to feel the old feelings coming, creeping back again. And the danger is we then start kind of going, oh man, I'm having that struggle again. Oh, and, and then we start thinking, well, maybe I'm not free. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe this was a temporary break. You know, we, and we start bit by bit coming into agreement with that thing all over again. Because the enemy doesn't like losing ground, right? <laughs> he, he, he's not the most polite person on earth and when he gets kicked out, he's not happy. So what this means is, if we're going to fill that space, that means I need to understand, okay, what was it that got that thing there in the first place? And I need to fill that space with the opposite of whatever that was. So fear and intimidation comes from believing a lie. We either believe a lie about who God is or we believe a lie of, about who we are in really broad terms. That makes sense? Yeah? Thanks? Yeah, giddy up. All right. Um, I remember a simple example of believing a lie. This is one of my lecturers in college. Um, he was the senior pastor of a church over in Chatswood. And he was telling this story about he was in the middle of a deliverance. Um, and he tells this, de- this demon to come out of this person. And this demon speaks back to him and says, you can't cast me out. You haven't prayed enough. <laughs> and he said, I stood there and I went, geez, this demon's got a point. <laughs> Think about that for a second. 
And he's like, yeah, maybe I haven't prayed. And then he goes, hang on a second. And then he waits, because he's being lied to by this thing because it wants to stay there. If the thing that got the enemy into us in the first place was some form of lie, some form of deception, some form of unprocessed thing. Once we have the breakthrough, it is imperative that we learn to occupy that new territory, which means we need to build the opposite. So in the case of fear and intimidation, I need to start to meditate on who God is and on who God says I am until it becomes cellular. And I don't, I don't mean cellular as in this. <laughs> I mean cellular as in until every cell of your being starts to pick up the revelation of who you really are and the authority that you have. Because then, no matter how much it comes at you, you just laugh at it. And go, yeah, nice try. Anything else you got there? Because you've built something else in its place. Now, let me just expand to a whole society for just a second, and then I'm going to come back and and find a way to land this. As the church, we haven't always been good at occupying territory. You would have heard of a little institution called Harvard. And, and, and Harvard, yeah, the university over in the US. You, you, you may have heard of Harvard. It's one of, it's one of the more famous universities on the planet. Um, and if you're a high-profile lawyer in America, there's a fair chance you may have been to Harvard. Um, Harvard, right, Harvard in its inception was actually built and created as a kingdom place to raise up and train missionaries to send them to the ends of the earth, to take the gospel to the ends of the earth. Right now, it is the biggest bastion of woke antichrist agenda on the planet. And it is is rolling out disciples of antichrist agendas all over the world. Why? We got the beachhead, we got the breakthrough, we didn't know how to occupy the territory. What you may not know, San Francisco, Silicon Valley, Again, one of the places, although a whole lot of stuff's being exposed um, at the moment, which is quite fascinating. Um, you know, Silicon Valley, again, has been one of the, the biggest bastions of shutting Christians down and, and um, broadcasting an antichrist agenda of anywhere in the world. You may or may not know, but the area where Silicon Valley is, my in-ear just fell off. Hopefully that's not a sign. Um, <laughs> The place where Silicon Valley is was once the site of an incredibly significant move of God. But when the territory isn't occupied, it actually ends up worse than before. So what I'm saying is we we haven't always been good at occupying the territory that we take. And we don't have time to unpack this much further right now, but I kind of want to set us on a course to say that we often fall short of what's promised and go, well, God, you promised this and we're not experiencing it because we haven't learned to occupy the territory. Hebrews 11, verse 32. So this is the great faith chapter. Um, Verse 32, it says, And what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell you about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, and David, and Samuel and the prophets. And here's verse 33, it says, Who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised. And then it says, they shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, escaped the ends of the sword, whose weakness was turned into strength. They became powerful in battle and routed foreigners, and so on it goes. But right there in verse 33, there's this really cool little saying that is a clue. It says, they conquered kingdoms. Individually, that's the moment of deliverance, where a kingdom was conquered and territory was taken. 
And then it says they administered justice and then they gained what was promised. Now, what I want to suggest is the place that we have missed between the, the, the deliverance, the conquered kingdoms, and the full inheritance of what God has promised. And just let me ask a question. Is anyone in their life got unfulfilled promises from God? Anyone? My hand's up. Anyone? 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 Beulah? Beulah? Yep. Okay. That's most of us in the room. And... Yeah, it's one of the more common things I hear. I've got all of these unfulfilled promises. I want to suggest one of the reasons. It's not the only one, but one reason why we often fall short of what God has promised is that middle thing where it says administered justice. Now that word justice and the word righteousness in Greek are exactly the same word. And what it means is essentially to set things in order, to put things back in their rightful place. In other words, we conquered this fear and intimidation thing Now, once that demon is gone, we've conquered that kingdom. Now we need to set up the kingdom in that space. And that's the bit where I don't think we're doing so, we've done so well historically, is knowing how to intentionally set up the kingdom in that space so that takes that into a place where we inherit what's promised. Yeah. So here's what, if you've had breakthrough, if you have had healing, if you have had breakthrough in relationship, if you've had breakthrough in career, in whatever the area that you have had breakthrough in, I want to suggest the work now begins. That we need to learn how to fill that space with the kingdom such that it takes us into a place where all that God promised us becomes the thing that we walk into. Now, like I said, 2023 has been one of the weirdest years. That's what I meant. It's not what I said. And actually, I did write 2023 right there, which explains why I said it. 2022 has been one of the years. I'm not prophesying that to 2023 at all. 2022 has been one of the years. Um, I am one of the weirdest people on record is what I'm feeling right now. Thank you. Yeah, finally, I've got some agreement in the room. Yeah, let's go. Now we can get something done. 2022 see if I can, has been one of the weirdest years on record. And it's like, thank you, I got there. We'll get there. We, we, we're about to get there. Help me, Jesus. Um, and... Like the, the three years, the last three years have just been stupidly crazy. I don't know how many of you remember the very last church gathering we had before we went into COVID lockdown. We were at Rouse Hill Town Centre. Maria was with us then and it was absolutely going off. Like it was crazy. It was nuts. Worship just went off. I don't know how many, were you, does anyone remember that other than me? I remember it well because I remember when Kelvin and I were talking on the phone later that week and all the announcements were coming out about the shutdown. I'm like, God, I just want one more Sunday. Like we can't, we can't have that and then just stop. No, like there, there was such a momentum of stuff building and such a momentum of breakthrough. And, you know, for me, one of the, one of the griefs of, of the last couple of years is it just feels like we lost so much momentum. Um, you know, we, we were on the increase and then it feels like the rug just got pulled out from underneath that and it's been a fight to build it up ever since. And um, 
along with that, we're actually coming up to 10 years as a church. At, at the, the, the very beginning of next year, it's been 10 years. And we began, um, it, if we're really honest, we began as a hospital. We, get, we began a bit of, as a bit of a church rehab kind of place where, where people who were kind of in exile from church experiences came together to go, we're not willing to give up on church, um, but we're, we're in a bit of a busted up, broken place and we need to get healed so that we can move forward. And 10 years is a long time to have that kind of habit. And I feel like this is the mark where things shift and turn over. There's only so long that, you know, in a rehab facility, you're there to receive. There's only so long we can do that without things starting to become swampy. So I don't know if you know this, the Jordan River, I'm talking about Israel, the Jordan River flows right from kind of up the top in the north, up near Lebanon, from around Mount Hebron, flows all the way down. Now there's two major bodies of water on the Jordan River. Anyone know what they are? There's the Dead Sea and the Sea of Galilee. So, two. so the Sea of Galilee's up here, the Dead Sea's down here. Both of them are actually below sea level. They're really interesting places. The Sea of Galilee is absolutely teeming with life. Um, I actually, I wrote this down. Um, there's hundreds of millions of birds migrate across Israel. There's thousands of common cranes. Now we're talking the pelican, not the building implement. Um, that was funnier in my head than yours. Um, pelicans flock to the area. More than 25 species of raptors, imperial eagles, spotted eagles. Uh, in other words, the Sea of Galilee is this haven for all kinds of animals. Can you guess what's at the Dead Sea? It's absolutely nothing. And it sits on the same river. The same water that flows through the Sea of Galilee flows right into the Dead Sea. What's the difference? Well, it's called dead, but it's called dead for a reason. Yeah, so nothing flows out. So the Sea of Galilee, every drop of water that flows into the Sea of Galilee also flows out the other side and gives life out the other side. The Dead Sea, everything that flows in stays there. Now, in a rehab facility, everything that comes in is to get you fixed up and to get you, it's, it's not always a place where you do a lot of giving out and, and a lot of serving out into the broad, you don't see a rehab centre always doing an outreach into the community because they're there to get themselves sorted out and they're there to get themselves fixed up. But if they stay there their whole life, they're never going to be as alive as they could be. Now, if we stay in rehab mode, I want to suggest we're going to fall short of what we could be. Bill Johnson tells this really funny story about a roadrunner. Now, you know Bugs Bunny, and you know the roadrunner? You know, meep, meep, and you know the one? One of those. Now, they're actually a real bird. I don't know if you know this, they're a real bird. Trust me, this is, this is quick, we're almost there. <laughs> this is a real bird. Now, in their building at Bethel Church, a roadrunner had made its way into the building and just kind of used to come in, go out, you know, and it used to just... And it was there for a period, of, I think, of around three months, and it became this thing, like almost like the church pet, um, of this roadrunner bird that would be actually in the building, hanging around, and you know, it became quite a thing. And of course, all the intercessors and prophetic people are going crazy and thinking this is a sign, and you know, as we do, we think anything's a, everything's a sign, and often is. Until this one day, someone comes into Bill's office and says, "It's the roadrunner." There's been an accident. 
And Bill's like, take me to him. <laughs> and what had happened was the bird had run up against a glass wall so hard it hit it, hit the ground and died. And of course, I know, it's, <laughs> yeah, I heard Bill tell the story and the whole crowd was going, oh, and he goes, well, you're feeling it now. We'd had this thing for three months. Imagine how we were feeling at this point in time. And, and Bill's like, God, what are you saying? And as quickly as anything, God said to Bill, if what's in the house can't find a way out of the house, it will die in the house. It actually was a prophetic sign. If what's in the house can't find a way out of the house, it will die in the house. I feel like that's a word for us as we head into 2023. We have cultivated some amazing stuff here and we often have people come and visit and go, man, yeah, a few weeks ago, someone came and visited and said, I've been looking for a place that worships like this, like you've got something going on in here. And you know, over years and years, we've really valued and protected that worship heart. We valued and protected the healing of people's hearts. But if it doesn't find a way out of here, into the community, it's gonna die in here. And so I wanna, I wanna put a stake in the ground and say in 2023, it's time for what's in the house to flow through the house and move out and impact a community in our city. I, yeah, feel free, yes. Now, yeah, <laughs> thanks, Josh. Um, this week, I was with, um, with one of my CEO clients had her staff at, um, at a, um, like a, a mini conference with all of it. There was about 12 of them, their key, um, key leaders from across their business that's in New South Wales, Victoria. I think there's one in South Australia and a little bit in Queensland. And um, this is a group of medical facility, a group of medical practices. And this leader is phenomenal. She's not a believer yet, um, but she ha- she's got stuff going on and she, she really is a phenomenal leader. And at the be- so at the beginning, they did a whole lot of introductions because it was the first time this group had been together. And then, you know, I'm sitting there watching this, waiting to do my bit for the rest of the morning with them. And you know, they're all introducing themselves and how they got there and, and why they believe in this business and why they're doing what they're doing. But then um, the CEO started sharing some of her heart and her vision for this. And she's like, you know, some of the communities that we are in have really high suicide rates. We can do something about that. We can be part of the answer to some of that. And she started listing a whole lot of social problems in the varying communities in which they have their practices and started saying, we can be part of the answer to that. We can change the statistics on that. And I'm sitting there going, you're thinking smarter about your community than us as churches are. We're kind of thinking, how can we fill our pews? Well, they're thinking, how can they solve, how can they solve suicidality? How can they solve teen pregnancy? How can they solve this? How can they solve that? And I'm like, man, to, it's like that conversation was more kingdom than so many conversations I think we have. And I really feel like it's time for us to start thinking like that. Like we've got a mantle for the healing of hearts. We've got a mantle to bust open anxiety and depression. We've got a mantle to see long-term physical illnesses healed. And we've got to start pointing it out. And I I want to put a stake in the ground. I mean, I really hope I get to eat a stake tonight because I'm just feeling that too. I'm feeling an anointing. But the other kind of stake, I want to put that in the ground. (laughs) I might have to buy it on the way home, right? Yeah. Um, I actually wasn't hinting, I was literally just thinking about steak as soon as I said that. But I want to put <laughs> yeah. I want to put a stake in the ground and say, it is time for a shift for us. It is time after 10 years 
doesn't, it doesn't mean we don't heal, you know, be a place of healing for people that have been through stuff. I think we will always be that. But we can't be just that or all of that will die here. It has to, the water that flows in, the river that flows in must, must, must flow out. And we have to start thinking like a together group of people that are going, how do we together make a difference to that? One of us alone, no matter who, how cool we may be, cannot make a difference to all of that alone. It takes together to shift a community like that. It takes a community to heal a community. It takes a family to heal someone who's been broken in a family. So in 2023, we want to step up and take seriously our call to do that. Let's stand. Now, after a few years like we've had and after a year like this has been, we need some rest, okay? Everyone needs some rest. Everyone needs a break. Um, so, you know, let's like we take a break over Christmas, January, just to give everyone a rest. Now, I want to encourage you, there's two kinds of rests, two kinds of rest. One is the escape, the escapism and the anesthesia, where I just escape into the world of Netflix or cricket, which is a little temptation because there's so much of it coming up that just makes me happy. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, we just escape off into a world where we actually disengage and disconnect from our heart. I want to suggest that's not a good rest because when you engage your heart again, it often feels worse than it did before because it, not only is it still feeling all the other stuff, it's been neglected for a few weeks and, and, and it all starts to build up. There's a kind of rest where we actually engage with our heart, where we engage in a conversation and say, how are you doing? What do you need? And in the process of rest, you start letting God fill you up afresh so that you are refreshed and ready for purpose. Okay, we're meeting together for Christmas, but then we're not meeting together again like this until the 29th of January. We're having barbecues, but we're not meeting together like this. I want to encourage you, the kind of rest that you have as we look into 2023 matters. And it's time for the family business to step up. We build family, but the family business is we're here to heal the community. We're here to change some of those stats. So let's get rested up. Not the rest of, of dissociation, but the rest where we engage our heart and engage that with the presence of God and go, God, come and fill me, come and heal me, come and refresh me so that everything that flows into me actually gets to flow out and make a difference for someone else. Capish? Yeah? We good? All right, let's pray. Father, we just ask that as we break for this Christmas season, that this would be a time of deep, deep refreshing, of deep reset from all of the, the abject weirdness of the last three years. Father, for those of us that are still carrying burdens and carrying stuff, um, or even just carrying the survival mode of, of adjusting and adapting over the last few years with craziness at work, craziness with family, Father, we just ask for your spirit to come upon those hearts and rest heavily, that there would be detox, there would be healing, and there would be deep, deep refreshing. God, I pray for a whole lot of laughter over this Christmas season and a whole lot of joy because a cheerful heart is good like medicine, your word says. Father, I just ask for an upgrade and an increase of joy 
Father, I ask that even though we're not meeting together and worshipping, that a spirit of worship would be in our homes, that a spirit of worship would be in our families, that, that the sense of your presence would be just so tangible and so evident and so refreshing and refueling that when we come back together, it'll be the most natural thing in the world for your spirit to be absolutely free and for that to overflow. Yeah. Jesus, we say you are Lord of your church. We say the, again, I-61 is yours. I-61 is yours. Come and do what only you can do in our midst so that you can do through us what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen.